Last March seems like a lifetime ago for families with children who came home for spring break and never went back to school. Now, a new school year is beginning, with many places embracing online learning to start the year. What once seemed like a temporary interruption is now the new status quo, at least for now. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show. Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. You know, our relationship with screens and entertainment has been a a pretty big issue before the coronavirus appeared, with tweens, teens, and parents all logging between 6 and 10 hours a day of media engagement, and that's apart from school or work. But then coronavirus happened, and now researchers say kids' screen time is up by another 50%. Six months of restricted activities and lots of time locked up hasn't done us any favors with regard to consuming entertainment, from games to TV shows to movies, during our collective coronavirus lockdown. So today we're going to talk about how some of our entertainment habits have changed, as well as what changes or resets we might make moving into the fall and a new school year. Joining me today are Paul Acey, Kristen Smith, and Jonathan McKee. Well, I don't know if you remember because I had to strain, but what was the last movie you remember seeing in theaters before coronavirus hit? So mine was forever ago. I mean, like, is that a movie? It is. Yeah, it is. is it? <laughs> it, was way it sounds too long. like a movie. It okay, forever ago. I think in 2019, dun dun dun, I went to see Charlie's Angels. I reviewed it. Um, that was the last movie. I you really saw? think it was. It's I because cannot of the remember. Thing. Well, it the, definitely yeah, was. had a whole baby and things like that. But it yeah, was. that must have distracted yeah. you. Probably. And honestly, if I've seen another one since then, I wouldn't remember. That so. file got deleted. Yep. Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I, you know, I had to look it up. We said I did. I cheated. I looked on my Regal app <laughs> and did it. I looked to see because I could not remember. This was, I think, late February or it was like I didn't seven look at the months date, ago. Eight yeah. months but ago. But it was the Ben Affleck film, The Way Back, which I did mm. talk about. Not actually the way, once. way back. Not the way, way totally back. Totally different. Which, which Paul Acey really likes. Um, Loved but it. The Loved way, it, Jonathan. But The Way Back, which is that story of Ben Affleck as a coach and he's an alcoholic and it really it was a redemptive film I'd say for late teens and their families okay but yeah interesting okay. film you know I'm kind of hoping that the next movie that you see is going to be the way 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 back yeah that, I know you that's know? what they need and then the way 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 back exactly so the last movie I saw I'm actually new I, it, I have the latest movie I think of anybody here my uh, my movie would be The Hunt Mm. R-rated, really strange but controversial. Oh, I remember the yeah. previous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's it's essentially about these these liberal elite who are hunting down conservatives. Who would have thought that that would have been the very last movie that I would have reviewed? That That's crazy. crazy. That's actually a great segue. In and of <laughs> yeah. itself, right? Uh-huh. It was yeah. The Hunt. That's the Hunt. Well, mine, I think, was Han Solo and a Digital Dog. No, I'm not talking about Chewbacca. No, it was The Call of the Wild, which was starred Harrison oh. Ford. <laughs> you, I literally had no idea what you were talking Me about. Me either. I was, I was confused. And yeah. a, a digital dog that came from the Uncanny Valley, because sometimes you'd look at that dog and be like, no, there's not a dog there. Just really good acting on Harrison Ford's part. Wow. I haven't seen it. Was it good? <laughs> it was okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's the funny thing about being a movie reviewer is is when you ask a question like that, you think it should be like this big movie, this right. movie that you, I had to remember. So what exactly was The Hunt again? You know, right. just it, they uh, all just sort of blur together. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's safe to say that life in the fall of 2020 looks a lot different than it did 
hmm. six months ago. True. You know, in some ways, our pre-coronavirus days feel like a lifetime ago. So much, you know, has this pandemic affected nearly every aspect of every part of our lives. I mean, sometimes yeah. I do feel like I'm living in a really bad sci-fi movie. <laughs> I mean, so really true. bad, the kind you don't really want to watch. Yeah. Um, but I began thinking about this podcast because movie theaters have begun to reopen and in different places, there are different schedules. So they may be already open where you live or, or maybe not, but it's just a handful of new releases beginning to trickle out, including unhinged and tenant. Mm-hmm. And it's tempting to hope for a rapid return to the status quo. I mean, I think that we just want it to be back to normal. But I suspect that that's not going to happen. And today I want to spend some time talking about what's changed in our family's relationship to entertainment and technology after six months pretty much just being cooped in the house. Because I think I think it has affected us. And what is the legacy of that going to be? And how do we deal with that as a family? So wow. we've been talking about movies, and I want to start there. With theaters reopening, do you think people are going to be eager to head out to theaters again? Why or why not? I think it depends on the person. Uh, I think there are probably going to be a decent amount of people that don't feel comfortable uh, going to theaters if they, you know, have somebody in their home that they're scared, you know, could get the coronavirus. I think Mm -hmm. that's always a fear. Um, But I think there will also be a bunch of people that are really ready. So probably cooped up for way too long and, and want to go out and do something. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, I think that, that for me, when I think about kind of my own reaction, I, I tell people that I'm really looking forward to going to a movie theater again. I mean, because it's my job. I, yeah. I used to do that pretty much. Once, once upon t- a time you did that. I did that a lot. And, mm-hmm. and so it sort of became part of my life. And yet I sort of wonder, um, and I think that we have seen movement in this direction even before the coronavirus hit, People really like staying at home, too. I mean, there's so much stuff on the streaming services. You're right by your kitchen. You've got your own couch. You don't have to worry about... You can wear pajamas. You can wear pajamas. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I wonder sometimes. I I think that there's an an eagerness to get out, Mm -hmm. but I'm not exactly sure whether there's an eagerness to get out to movie theaters. Are, Are we all just now spoiled... By sitting at home. You are so right. And see, Paul, let's be honest. We're not normal people. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're movie, I wasn't going to say anything. We, we are movie nerds. <laughs> we like movies a lot. You know, when somebody says something, sometimes we'll just throw out a movie quote and they won't even, they'll look at, <laughs> they'll look at us with glazed eyes saying, what did you just say? Why did you just say these are the droids? That happens a lot. For? You know, I mean, so, uh, you know, we aren't normal. So yeah, I think you and I, I totally can't wait to get back in the theater because that's, that's so fun for me. I think young people in general want to get out. I don't know if it's to the movie theater, you know, I think a lot of young people are like, so, and, and this is interesting because I'm always studying what young people think about their screens and their relationships with, you know, people via their screens. And and the the thing that's interesting is young people for the long time pre-coronavirus were so content to just, you know, talk with the people on their screens. And in a way, we almost kind of had to say, hey, put your screens down and get outside and go play with your friends, right? That's kind of what moms and dads... Don't sit next to your friend and text them. Yeah, exactly. It happened all the time. And I think... Through it's going to be interesting to see what kind of effect COVID-19 ends up having on young people, because I tell you, we definitely are hearing through all the surveys and through all the interactions with young people. I can't wait to get back face to face with my friends. And that's something I honestly 
thought, am I ever going to hear that out of young people again? And I think, so that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they want to get out because, you know, when us old guys, okay, uh, the three old. of us, sorry, not young, I mean, beautiful Kristen, you know, but, <laughs> but us old guys, we remember what it was like to on Friday night say, hey, let's go to the drive-ins, you know, or let's go somewhere. Let's go roller skating, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I can't wait till couple skate. Let's go hunt to, dinner. You know, yeah, let's hunt <laughs> dinner. Yeah, there we go. But now, I mean, so many young people just stay home on Friday night. So yeah. I think that's the one thing that's going to change is we're going to see this eagerness to go out and we'll see if it ends up being in the theater. Well, the interesting thing is I think we like the idea of being able to do it. I'm really curious to see how many people do it. Right. Um, and this is, is a, it all talk. Is, this is a parallel, and it's an interesting one. My wife works at a church, and when you ask almost anybody in the church, you know, are you looking forward to going back to church? They're like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for church to be open. Are you going to go? Oh, no. You know, they want somebody else to go first, and I wonder if we'll see something similar with theaters. It's hmm. like, I like the idea that I could choose this, but... Am I going to pay for a movie and sit in a theater? Well, and it's happening yeah, right we'll now. See. I mean, theaters are open around the country. So, I mean, literally, the, the I mean, you probably pick up the headlines tomorrow and find out how this is going to look. I mean, this yeah. is, it's, it, time will tell. So I think one of the interesting things about this is that this enforced thing, and, and you were hinting at this, Jonathan, it's changed our habits. You know, we have ways of living and then we have this thing happen to us and all of a sudden things we've taken for granted, we can't do anymore. So what do you think has changed with our movie and TV habits in the last six months or so? What's different? You know, ironically, I think that we have become more um, addicted. I don't know if that's the right word. Dependent on entertainment. And yet I also think that we've been sort of weaned off of the next big thing. You know, we ah, haven't seen yeah. that's we interesting. haven't seen the superhero movies, we haven't seen the that's big sci fi things that are rolling down. The the movies that you would say a couple of weeks before they, they release, I can't wait to see this. We haven't had that for a long time. So even though we're spending a lot more time with entertainment, I don't think there's necessarily that push to go see that quote unquote next big thing. I think that's exactly right. And I know in our family, what has happened is, you know, when you watch something on Netflix or Amazon Prime, it'll give you a whole list of suggestions of other things. Yep. You know, when school's in session, when we have extracurricular activities two or three or four nights a week, or with my daughter five or six nights a week because she's on the swim team and they <laughs> practice every day back in normal times, yeah. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden I'm fielding more questions like, Dad, can I watch this? Dad, can I watch this? Well, I thought you were already watching a show. Well, we finished that one. <laughs> you know, They're, they've gone through yeah. all of the episodes. And, you know, weirdly enough, this is so utterly random. Do you know what my daughters have gotten into now? What's this? SpongeBob SquarePants. Really? And I'm like, you know, this, is, <laughs> this has been around for a while. But I don't know that they would have discovered SpongeBob. And I don't even know. I'd actually like to find the link that took them there and maybe just <laughs> break, it. break yeah. that yeah. sucker in half. But, know, but it's, it's interesting that there, the quantity is up. Well, and we need to be compassionate as moms and dads because there isn't a lot to do. And we can all sit around and talk about how let's have a camping trip in the backyard and all these yeah. great ideas. Yeah. But 
I mean, uh, I we just did we, that last week. Hey, and I, I hope it went wonderful. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Parents like, of the year. We watched outdoor movies. But the thing is, you know, it's one of those things where you can have so many ideas, but they're still during the day all this time. And I, we actually alluded on an earlier podcast where we talked a little bit about this. I talked about this Nielsen survey where they showed how much an increase in TV watching there was among young people. And the funny thing, the hilarious thing was it's this giant bell curve where you see like during the noon hour, the middle of the day, TV's up like a couple hours a day because kids were just sitting around with nothing to do during the summer. Now we're hoping distance learning is going to change some of this a little Mm -hmm. bit. And we're hoping that, you know, while they're at school, they're not going to tab over and start watching, you know, whatever their newest Netflix show that they want to see. Yeah. SpongeBob in your case. (laughs) But so far it honestly, I think we need to be compassionate to the fact that there are so many of the activities they want to do. They can't do. Some mm-hmm. of the people they want to hang out with, they, they can't. can't hang out yeah, with. Yeah, so true. So we as parents really need to be proactive about empathizing with them um, through this because this is tough on them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and, and that gets into my next question. We've sort of started to touch on it already. But how do you think spending such an extended amount of time at home has affected families with children when it comes to entertainment and screen time? And what are some of the the new challenges that it's created for parents? I mean, I think a huge one is parents that have to still work from home while their kids are home full time. And you're really trying to balance how do I spend time with my child? How do I get my work done? How do I maintain stuff around the house? I mean, my little guy's... I mean, he's still really little, almost three. So a lot of these challenges that parents are facing with school coming up, I don't have to face. But man, I my heart really goes out to the parents that have to juggle all these things. And so I think a huge part is that parents are going to have to, you know, you have to ease up. Like Jonathan was saying at some point, like you can have structure and routine, which I'm a huge fan of. But at some point, like I just imagine you have to ease up to kind of let your kids kind of do their thing so that you can remain sane. <laughs> No, I, th- I think that's totally an amazing point because um, the structure is such a positive thing. But I think what parents are experiencing is, you know, you still got, I mean, we're talking about eight hours a day that supposedly that, you know, even if parents are working, a lot of parents are working remotely. Right. And so now they're on a screen trying yep. to manage their own job. Yep. So, I mean, and then you hear all these things. I mean, the, the American Academy of Pediatrics Forever is saying, hey, if you've got little guys from age three or whatever, yeah. if you are going to let them watch programming, let it be responsible programming that you watch with them. Well, right. if you're at your job, yeah. you know, how do you watch programming with them? And if you've got teenagers, the advice that I give at all my parent workshops is, hey, you know what? Don't let your teenagers walk around with headphones in. You know, don't let them disappear in their bedroom. There, I tell you, if there's one rule I could have for my teenage kids, there'd be no screens in a bedroom. Well, the thing that's so hard is if you're trying to work at your home, your kids are going to be in a different room on yep. a screen. So this is tough for parents. This makes us have to be real proactive about having these conversations and even maybe setting some helpful blocks. Well, that's exactly right. And that's where we're at in our family. And we've run into very strange technical difficulties. And my guess is we're not the only ones. We had really low internet bandwidth. And so for the Mm. last six months, we have literally had huge arguments over who gets (laughs) off their screen because somebody else's Uh call is more important. And so I just, a couple weeks ago, we upgraded our service. Mm -hmm. We upgraded our bandwidth. And so this is one of the changes was we apparently had really awful internet service before, (laughs) 
but we didn't notice it yeah. because we didn't have four people it's doing so video funny. calls simultaneously. And, and the related thing is that all of my kids have classes simultaneously online. And so what we've run into is we have had to buy more computers to facilitate Goodness. people online simultaneously. And that has brought up the question of, do computers go to their rooms? And they each want their own. They want to own it in their room. They want all. And so it has forced us into a place that I am almost certain we would not be in had yeah. it not been for well, coronavirus. No, it, it, a great point. And it does, I think that that point drives home one of the things that I really struggle with working for Plugged In because the coronavirus has forced us into a place where a lot of the advice that we would give, it's really hard to do. We talk about not having screens in the room. That's a super, super important thing. But when you have kids who are actually going to school and they're on their screens to, to do that, I think right. that, that makes it really Yeah, I mean, really like, difficult. think of what that probably looks like in Adam's house. You're sitting there saying, okay, Henry, don't be in your room. So what, okay, where where should I set up, Dad? The dining room? Well, okay. and, and, and he's <laughs> just gotten a new computer and we had a huge conversation last night about why it wasn't going to be in his bedroom. And his sister's looking at me like, oh, me too? I'm like, yeah, you too. We're not having your own personal computer, no pun intended, living in the bedroom with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really requires like an entirely different set of strategies. This whole yep. coronavirus really demands so much more from parents, I think. And we can't Agreed. have an archaic response because honestly... The temptation is to say, well, well, my kids don't need screens. Let's just but live they do like we used they to They all live. have to be in a class simultaneously. <laughs> I, I actually I, need for sure. multiple computers and, at and the for same those, time. And for those of us that want to just unplug and like, you know, live life like we did on the farm, you know, yeah. we're going to learn out there by feeding the pigs. <laughs> we didn't I'm, talk like you know, that, but yeah, whatever. Okay, maybe we didn't. But, <laughs> but the thing is, yeah. I, I mean, I was one of those people who I really think it's great to have tech-free zones and... I live on property. I think it's great to go out. You know, I'm about ready to have a grandkid. I can't wait to take him out and honestly, like, you know, do chores with him and do outdoors. <laughs> live stuff. off the fat of yeah, the land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I am, I'm that guy with that voice that I was just impersonating, you know. Um, but we have to have compassion because, sadly, in a world of distance learning and stuff. Yeah. In a world it's a, of it's, distance it's, learning. In a world of distance learning. <laughs> our kids need screens. So we have to learn how to navigate this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we found is that ironically, it has created a proliferation of screens. I mean, it's been like a screen cold war. They've just been multiplying. So let me ask a question. Do you think that when this virus goes away, are we going to call our screens or is this the new normal? Well, and that's my question. And when we talk about the legacy of the coronavirus, I think we are going to have a new normal because I think a lot of the changes that have happened are going to be difficult to put back in the box. Now, difficult in the sense that we're changing habits, right? It's mm -hmm. always possible if you have enough willpower as a parent to change your habits and change your kids' habits. But I think in the last six months, our relationships with screens as a family have changed. And it's not like we were Puritans to begin with. I'm not going to stand up and say, right. you know, we never watched screens or it was always two hours and then they shut off. Right. We're not perfect, just like most families aren't perfect, but we have gotten used to a level of communication with screens that is even more than it was before, and I think that there will be a long-term consequence to well, that. And I, and I hope that maybe there's a, 
a ricochet back to, hey, guess what? Now that I've been away from my friends for so long, I actually do want to see my friends face to face. I hope yeah. we see some positives like that come out of it. But some of the stuff like now I'm averaging even two more hours a day of TV on top of the seven hours of screen time I already spent. That's the stuff that we're going to have to address as families. And I think it starts with conversations. Yes. It starts with us sitting down and talking about it as a family and being open and dialogue and say, man, this is tough. Mm-hmm. What's, what's been your biggest struggle? And literally going around the dinner table and saying, Hey, okay. Highs and lows of the week. You know, okay. What's the favorite thing you did on the screen? What's, what do you miss more than anything else? Asking some of these questions, talking with their kids, listening, empathizing, and hopefully those conversations will not only make them feel noticed and heard, but you should walk away from that table a little bit smarter that, you know, to, Hey, you know what? My 10 year olds, you know, watching a lot of YouTube, not that that is bad, but it would be good to know what he's watching on yeah, YouTube. I think it's super important. Like right. you're saying, as you're doing all this stuff, cause a lot of kids, I feel, especially if they have to distance learn and it wasn't something that they chose, they didn't want to, cause I know some schools are giving a hybrid option. I, my heart really goes out to the kids that want to socialize but can't, and then they want to fill that space, that loneliness, that time with the screen so that they forget about the fact that they're lonely or that they feel depressed or that they feel this sort of thing. Mm. And so I really would encourage parents, man, like not only communication with your kid, but what are some things that you can do to really promote socialization? And that might be really limited in some, I know in California that is, but in other states, I know it's not as. So what can we do to make the most of this time with other human beings with face-to-face interaction? Um, One thing that we did, and this kind of is silly, but during when the lockdown started, we would go for a drive every day. It was just something that we did. And so we kind of made it. world out there. Right, yeah, I really mean (laughs) it. Like we would kind of go out and get disconnected and kind of do something different. Um, even if it was just like playing a game in the car or just doing something silly because we felt trapped by the house. Um, you know, anxiety rises, you know, tensions rise. And so everyone starts to freak out because they've been in this small space. And and so if, if you're able to do something, especially with distance learning, everyone's working from home, creating some routines that allow for outdoor space would be really important, I think. Awesome. And I think that, you know, we talk about our kids and their screen habits, but Man, you know, there's the whole man in the mirror phenomena too. We got to, yeah. you know, pay attention to our own habits because I think if our habits are increasingly involving screens, the change has to begin with us. Yep. You know, let it begin with me. And my wife and I had a conversation about that last week. It's like, you know what? We've got to make some changes because over this break, things have just kind of slipped a little bit. Yep. And, it needs to start with us. And as, as we model that, and we often talk about that, but man, it's true. Our kids are going to do what they see us doing. Mm-hmm. And as they see us engaged in other things, it actually reminds them that, you know, Oh look, dad's reading a book. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> and we can initiate some of this stuff too, because if we, as a family say, Hey, I'll tell you what, you know what, let's, uh, on Thursday nights, you know, and they might not, yay, I, this is great. I can't yeah. wait. But if you say on Thursday nights, we're going to go tech free, you know, yeah. and you literally, and you've you done say, that I'm in go- your family, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and let's go, let's go to the library and let's find some books we want. You know, you can choose whatever you want. It can be comics, but we're going to read on Thursday nights, you know, drag them along. And find that because my kids were resistant to it. But once we established it, they looked mm-hmm. forward to, in our house, it was no tech Tuesdays. Yeah. No, I, and, and when I think about, as we talk about this sort of thing, 
the one thing that is driven home in this COVID season of ours is that screens are just easy. Relating yeah. with screens is easy. Mm-hmm. And, and our I think brains that, enjoy it. And that's why we gravitate to them so much, I think, is because this is a very tense time. We all have this, this increased level of anxiety. It's nice to just sort of ease back, and the screens give us a sense of normalcy. Um, but I think that for parents, it's really important to take that next step and work on the relationship with your kids because it's a great opportunity to do that too. Just... Yeah, enjoy, like enjoying them, I think. Because yeah, I, I think it's really easy to... That's a great point. Well, I say It's this not from... just about doing the right thing. It's about actually remembering that our kids are awesome. Yeah. They're your kids. Yeah. Yeah. To try to enjoy them because I think I've... I've seen me and my husband do this a few times where like we finally get a few seconds to ourselves to like (laughs) even if it's like watching something and like a baby cries or our toddler like spilled something I don't know and you get this like frustration where you're like I just need a few seconds and that's completely valid and I think you do need a few seconds so prioritize that yeah but that can cause almost like a tension and a bitterness like I never get to do this and like these kids are taking up every second of my life. Well, yeah, I mean, you signed up for that when you had one, right? Next 18 years or plus. <laughs> but it's really important to remember, like my son is really into baseball now. So let's go outside and play baseball or let's kind of just unplug so that we can enjoy who you are away from it's selfishness, really. I right. mean, and if we're the mm. parents, and I don't say that easily because I would like to sit and just do my own thing. But if we are the you're parents, you're just we, as selfish as anybody it's else. It's true. Right? I am. But if we're going to sit down and <laughs> like too. be the parental figure, we have to say, how can I put you first? How can I put this family member first? That's important. Mm. Well, I think that's a good place to to bring things in for a landing today. And I think the coronavirus really has affected all of us. And for some of us, we've drifted into habits that you know we need to try to change even as we acknowledge that we're not through this thing yet you know it's still happening and now it's not just oh it's a long spring break it's oh man this is going to keep going and so it demands i think an intentionality of us but it not only demands that there's an opportunity and i love what you said about enjoying your kids mm-hmm. it's not just this onerous thing but it is actually a chance and maybe something like this will never happen again. And I think most of us in many ways would say, amen, I don't ever want this to happen <laughs> exactly. again. But, but is there an opportunity here to enjoy relationship with our kids and to build something with them that, frankly, if we don't have all the soccer practices and the swim practices and the drama practices and the choir practices, we have a lot of practices in our house. Yeah. There's an opportunity to be with them. And I hope for my family that, that we can make the most of it And I hope that for your family as well. So what about you and your family? How has the coronavirus pandemic influenced your family and the way that you interact with screens and entertainment? Shoot us an email at team, that's T-E-A-M, at thepluggedinshow.com and share your thoughts with us. We would love to hear what it's been like for you. And we'd love for you to leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast too. We'd also like to point you toward a couple of Focus on the Family resources that can help you and your family during the ongoing challenges of the coronavirus pandemic. First up, we'd encourage you to check out our two magazines for kids, Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior, which are brimming each month with fun, faith-fused activities, stories, and artwork. And Kristen, you also wrote a blog recently that deals with this subject too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's about thriving in the 2020 school year, so you should check it out. All right. That sounds awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening today. 
We look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show.